From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Monday, April 23rd, the year 2018, the Monday of the end of, of the week of the end. As we prepare for the NFL draft, and we welcome in for an, another edition of Off Your Chest, Mr. Danny Flecka, who loves his go- uh, golf. You don't love your golf. You do love your football. I do. I do. If I start making you watch golf this weekend, you're not going to be a happy man. Probably not, no. I think you may kick me out of the house if I, if I, if, if I put on Golf Channel. Um, all right, let's look at it this way. Um, has any of the rumor mill changed your overall thoughts on any of the big names at the top of this first round? I think what we're hearing is obviously a lot of conjecture, a lot of speculation. The pre-draft workout process is, I think, one of the weirdest things about sports in general. You know, you're looking to project out what some player could be, and then you look at a player that gets drafted later and is productive. I mean, look at some of the players that get drafted later that, that you're like, wow, we missed on that guy. You know, just for example, you can look at Aaron Rodgers, you know, he didn't get drafted late, but he wasn't drafted later than people thought he might, or guys like Terrell Davis, and, you know, you, you, you can go down the list. Kurt Warner wasn't even drafted. So it's a weird aspect of, of any sport, and not just football. So I, I think when you're a GM or an owner or whoever it is making the decision, you need to look at, you know, is this person going to be a fit for us? Do they match what we want to do? Is there stability within our organization to develop this person? And are we drafting for need or the best player on the draft? And I know that's always a big thing with teams. You know, we need this and this and that, but maybe we're reaching for somebody. And I kind of look back at it, like, you know, it's not comparable what a fantasy draft. You know, people will look at and speculate on what somebody did the last year and take that person and then they're like, okay, well, they're going to be productive and they're going to do this, this, and that for me. But, you know, there comes points when you're drafting that you have to draft based off of need or if you like somebody, you take them. So I think the speculation has been rampant. I think in my mind I know what I would do if I was each of those GMs, but I don't think that what people have said has changed my overall view on, say, a guy like Josh Allen or, or Rosen or anything like that. I think one is being overvalued, and I think one is being very undervalued. Um, it's interesting. Well, one thing that we um, didn't talk about on our previous podcast, I'm going to totally dovetail away from what you just said um, <laughs> on purpose because we'll get back to the quarterbacks. Um is is Shaquem Griffith who lit up people at the combine? What he's doing with just one one hand and, and one fully formed arm is just amazing. As somebody who loves analyzing people, which you just you know talked about it in 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 your first monologue, how do you see him panning out as an NFL player? I mean, if it were me drafting and he's there, I don't know if he's somebody I draft, not just because of his limitations, but it's the longevity. How long is this player going to be on my team for? And this is somebody that could potentially be a piece of what we're doing. And 
I give them a bunch of credit. College is completely different than the NFL, though. You are one of 53, not one of 88, or however many people it is on your roster when, when you're in college. You need to be the best of the best. You need to be able to contribute in multiple aspects of the game, whether it be you know different sub-packages or special teams. I'd be surprised if he's taken on the first two days of the draft. I think he's more of a day three pick, and he'd probably be going to a team that has some stability and where he doesn't have to necessarily be a, a key guy the first couple of years. He's, he's probably going to be a special teamer, and I think that, unfortunately, that might be his his ceiling, is that he's going to be a core special teamer, able to sub in on, on some passages here and there, but... I don't think he'll be able to replicate what he did in college as far as like, statistics are concerned. How would you rank the four quarterbacks right now, the big four at the top of the draft? Or 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 make it five if you want to throw in Lamar Jackson. Do you want me to rank them on how I think I, I would take them or in Correct. how I view them? Just if you had a big board, if if you were if you were, you know, creating a list of the top quarterbacks in the draft, how would you rank them? I think my number one would be Rosen. I think he's the most NFL-ready. Uh, he can throw every single pad. He's commanding in the pocket. He's tall. He's got a good arm, and he seems to have a chip on his shoulder, which I like. I think he's being very undervalued by a lot of different people, and I think the question about whether he loves football all the time or wants to be involved in football is a I think it's non-story for me when it concerned me. I, I think people have become obsessed with uh, a Tom Brady at you know aspect as far as like ego and, and professionalism concerned. But it, I think late, lately we've seen what Tom Brady is as a person. <laughs> a lot of stories up here about how he's become this egomaniac and selfish. You know, honestly, kind of a baby if you ask me. And maybe it's good to have other interests outside of football. It kind of makes you a well-rounded person, allows you to be more relatable to your teammates. Uh, I think Rosen is being severely undervalued there. I think my second prospect would definitely be Darnold. He does scare me a bit. I, USC quarterbacks in general always scare me. You know, you look back at Carson Palmer, Matt Liner, Mark Sanchez. Like they just never really gave you what you wanted them to be as far as quarterbacks are concerned. But he seems to be a likable guy. He seems to understand the game. He seems to be um, athletic enough to make some plays outside of the pocket. Um, Mayfield would be my third quarterback. I absolutely love what Mayfield brings to the table. I think he needs the right system, the right coach, um, the right skilled players to, to match what he does. But I, I love, I, I like his skill set probably the best out of all the quarterbacks. I like his ability to move. But I think he needs a very specific Team, so that's why I think he's third on my list. Uh, number four would be Lamar Jackson. I think he's not getting as much hype as maybe he would have a year ago if he came out, and that's because he won the Heisman, but he seems to be pretty mobile. I don't see much of a difference between his game or Cam Newton's game. If you ask me, Cam Newton's a little bit bigger and stronger, but they're both very mobile. They're both wearing uh, shotgun, you know, predominantly shotgun offenses, uh, and Jackson has, is electric in the open field, and you know, given what type of team he might be going to, you might need that from him. And then Allen would be be fifth. And you know, to be honest with me, he'd probably be 
seventh or eighth, you know, depending on some other quarterbacks that are, I think are being overlooked that you need to draft one in the first round. But I think Allen is the fifth of those guys. Talking to Danny Flecky here about the NFL draft on, on teeing it up. Uh, I, I just so think the Giants should draft Saquon Barkley. I think he's a perfect fit for somebody. He may be the best player in the draft, in my opinion. He's so ready. He's so good at what he does. Um, I, and if I was the Giants, I would stay there and I would draft him. I would not trade out. I would not get a quarterback. What's your current thought, not a mock draft, but just your current thought on what the Giants should do with this pick and how Saquon Barkley fits into that? So, the Giants are so interesting. They hold a lot of different cards. And as a fan, I want them to be competitive next year, but I also want them to be set up the next couple of years. And I think I'd be okay with three players. I'd be okay with Rosen. I'd be okay with... Barkley, and I'd be okay with putting Nelson. Those three guys, I think, are guys that eventually would be able to help that team get to where they need to get to. My concern with Barkley is not that he's not the best player and he's not the best uh, at prospect of that position or anything like that, because clearly I think he can make a difference on uh, I think any team that you put him on uh, as long as he's given the attention he needs to develop into that Le'Veon Bell type of, of player, which I think it can be and, and probably even better. My concern is that it's a couple of things. One, if you're the Giants, you need to then invest heavily into your defense, I mean your offensive line, the rest of the draft. You need to make sure that your draft, is, your line is solidified to really reap the benefits of playing a guy like Barkley right away. And I know people say, well, the running game that helps the passing game that helps Eli and, and everything else like that. And I agree. A thousand percent it does. But if there's no one to, bar- to block for Barkley, then everything else that would come off the run game is, is moot. So I think that they would need to, to invest at least two or three picks into offensive linemen in this draft. Second is the financial aspect of it. His fifth-year option is going to be around $13 million. And that's a lot for a running back. So that's money you'd be paying to an offensive lineman or edge rusher or a top corner. So financially, the Giants could be looking at down the road paying guys like Collins, Beckham, Shepard, Ingram, whoever else that they have, a quarterback if they don't get a quarterback or, or whatever it is, like, it's tough for me financially to be like, okay, I'm going to give $13 million to, to running back. And granted, that's five years down the road, but they're going to be tying up a lot of money into Beckham and eventually guys like Shepard and Ingram if they produce you know, the rest of their career, which I think they will. So those are my two issues with it. It has nothing to do with what he can bring to the table, but if they take him, I won't be upset, but they better pick players after that will complement his skill set and not necessarily – take the best player on the board. Before we get to your mock, oh, um, Odell Beckham posted a picture of him pulling an SUV as a workout. Do you have any comments? He's healthy. And again, I think, you know, I talked about it, I thought this Odell Beckham thing was a non-story and, and manufactured by the media. I think he's going to come back and he had one freak injury that derailed the entire season for him and for the Giants. And granted, he got hurt. The Giants already owned four. Who knows what would have happened if he stayed healthy? They probably maybe win six or seven games, and 
aren't picking the top two of the draft, but he's healthy. He's ready to go. I'm excited for him to get back if I am uh, the, the Giants. I, I look at potentially throwing him out with Barkley and Shepard and Ingram and, you know, Eli and seeing what they can do. You know, a lot of talk about what's going on in the NFC East and the NFL in general. And the Giants could secretly have a great weekend and potentially be in that mix for a playoff spot next year. You know, they had a bad year last year. They all do. But you, you look back at some of these teams that went whatever they went and they make the playoffs. You think if anyone told me the Rams would have made the playoffs last year, I would have thought you were crazy. And they had one of the you know better seasons of a of a offense, and their defense kind of came around last year, and they were there. So I think it all comes down to timing, and I think Eli and Odell will get right back out. And again, you draft Barkley, you draft some offensive line, and all of a sudden that offense is, is probably the most dynamic it's been in. I think my lifetime. I can't remember a time that the Giants' offense is in the top ten of, of anything. <laughs> so it's been a while. Has been a while. All right, sir. Time for your top ten mock. So Cleveland's going one, and I'm not going to do any trades here because I do think there'll be some trades on Monday, on on Thursday. I think it's going to be actually pretty active. I think you'll see at least three to four trades. But top, you know, top pick. And again, I'm going if I'm the GM. If I'm the GM of the Browns, I'm taking, from what I've seen, I'm taking Sam Darnold. Um, he seems to fit what they want. Uh, Hugh Jackson wants to uh, wants a you know long term success their quarterback. Whether he's the guy that's going to be there to see that, I don't know. But I think they take Darnold. I think the Giants will be taking uh, Barkley. At the end of the day, I think Barkley will be going to the Giants. Colts are three. I do think they trade the pick, but Jets are three. Oh, the Jets. I'm sorry, the Jets are three. Um, if I'm the Jets, I take Rosen, but I think they're going to take Mayfield. Mm. Uh, they want to splash, I think, and I think the Jets have one of the more underrated skill groups in the league. You know, you get Januwa back, you have Powell and uh, McGuire in the backfield. They'll probably draft the guy too, and you have Anderson and Kurt. Uh, I think that the Jets are, are looking for a guy that can maybe complement a little bit more. Uh, of what they want to move to. And the guy that is the offensive coordinator now was the offensive coordinator, or not offensive coordinator, but QB's coach or something with uh, Sean Payton. So um, all of you are comparing him to, to Drew Brees. So I, I think they go with Mayfield, who presents a similar skill set to, to Drew Brees in that sense. Four is the Colts. Um, right? Four is the Colts, I think. I can't remember. Um, I will take a look and get that to you momentarily. I should have had that up. I was looking up something else. While we're here, do you think Baker Mayfield can add to the Jets? Can I? Because I'm with you that 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 they should take Rosen. But do you believe that Mayfield can fit in the New York lifestyle and fit in in because he's a polarizing guy? Some say he's the next Johnny Manziel. Do you believe that that he can fit into what needs to happen for a New York quarterback? I think it's very, very, very like subjective as to what these 
these players undergo. I think as long as he has a support system around him and no offense to the Jets, they're not the biggest story in New York ever. Uh, it's always going to be the Yankees or the Giants, um, the Knicks when they're going. He kind of fly under the radar realistically at the end of the day if you think about it. Um, but as long as he does what he needs to do and, and has a good support cast around him and stays straight and doesn't get involved in too many other things, I think he'll be okay. Four is the Browns. The Browns at four. Okay, so we had Darnold go. We had Barkley and Mayfield. I think the Browns would take here in this situation. Um, then I take Quentin Nelson, but I think they're going to go with Bradley Chubb at NC State. You get two bookend rushers with Miles Garrett. You, you build them at defense a little bit. I think Chubb at four would be a great pick for them. Um, but I can also see them trading this pick. But I'm going to go with Chubb at, at five. The Broncos at at five, I'm going to have them taking Quentin Nelson. Uh, solidify an offensive line, get some people in there to block for Their offensive line has been an issue for a number of years. So I think that they go with Quentin Nelson there. The Colts at number six, uh, it would behoove them to take a defensive player there's a guy on the Ohio State, can't remember his name, he's a cornerback, he's pretty highly rated. I think they would go with him. Um, they, they drafted some young guys last year in defense that played pretty well. I think that they would go with him. i got to look up his, his name and, and give that to you. But Mika Fitzpatrick is also a possible secondary pick, the guy out of Alabama. So I think Mika Fitzpatrick will slide a bit. I've read a lot of reports that people are concerned with him for whatever reason. Um, but I think that there's a guy... Let me see this. I gotta... I'm looking it up right as you are. Are you thinking of Denzel Ward? I believe so, yeah. This is live radio, folks. We're <laughs> having some fun as we go. Yeah, Denzel Ward is the cornerback. There's no other besides Damon Webb, who I've never heard of. That's the only other uh, secondary man from, from Ohio State who's, uh, who's in the running to be drafted highly. Yeah, so I think, I think Denzel Ward would be the guy there. Um, Tampa's seven. Seven. What team is that? Tampa 7. Tampa 7. So Tampa would love to get their hands on uh, Quentin Nelson if they could, but he's going to be gone at this point. Um, I think if Chubb were to slip, you know, Chubb could be an option here for them, but I don't, don't have those guys on my board right now. So let's see. Tampa, they need some defensive players. I would love to see them take that guy, Rokon Smith, out of, um, out of Georgia. He's a line, sideline and sideline uh, linebacker, fast as heck. He was impressive during the uh, national championship game, and, and I really, really liked what he what he brought to the table. He would definitely help them out, you know, in their, their linebacking core. They have a decent defensive line there, a decent secondary. You get a, a linebacker like that that can run around and 
and make plays. You know, he would be a good fit for them there. Eight is Chicago. Um, Chicago's tough. I think most of the players they wanted to take are off the board. So I think Chicago, they go with an offensive lineman and they take McGlinchey out of Notre Dame. Uh, left tackle, he can play probably right tackle if you need to start off there. But he's, him and Quentin Nelson were two of the best offensive linemen in college football last year on the same line. So you can, you know, imagine how good he is. He's pretty good, pretty versatile. So I, I really like him there. San Francisco, yeah. Trying to get some um, weapons, possibly, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it, it's tough. I think they did a decent job this offseason of getting some stuff with, like, Trey Burton and Allen Robinson. They do have two decent running backs. I think the best way to go is to get the help with the protection. And you get that protection, you can always find find players that can, can help out. And, and, and just remember this, too. I always think this is a bigger piece. You know, players, quarterbacks, I think, will look good with a good offensive line, and, you know, you build off of that. So I think if you draft that, that lineman that you can bookend the quarterback with for five to six years, one develop that way, I think that that will be a, a big help. Um, nine is San Fran. So San Fran, they're an interesting spot here. I think that they'll go with defensive, uh, a defensive player here, and I kind of like Tremaine Edwards from Virginia Tech. Another really good linebacker. He, they play a 3-4 out there, 4-3 hybrid, whatever you want to call it. He can definitely get to the passer, and I think he'll be a good pick for them there. And then Oakland at, at 10. Uh, I don't know which way they're going to go. John Gruden is not necessarily the the most the easiest guy to read this draft. He never really drafts well, in my opinion. But I think that they'll go with um, a defensive lineman because they were just absolutely terrible uh, against the run last year. And I'm having taken Vita Vea from uh, from Washington. There is your top ten, and right as we finish it, Giancarlo Stanton just absolutely pummeled one with an X vo of 115 miles per hour, way deep in the left field. So I wanted to say something when I was uh, talking, but I I didn't want to interrupt. No, it's okay. Um, he was bound to hit one of those eventually, and he just did. Um, uh, uh, by the way, I could see 8, 9, and 10 going wildly in terms of trades. Those are teams that if you know there's somebody left on a board because of some craziness up top, I, I could see those, those, those picks being flipped all over the place for somebody. Uh, I mean, I look at the top 10, and I can see the Giants trading. I can see Cleveland trading. I can see... Denver trading. I can see um, Indy trading. I can see San Fran trading. So, I mean, I think we can see four or five trades. And that's not even looking at the back end of the draft where you could potentially see a, a team like New England jump up in there or, you know, well, I'm just looking at the order here of uh, the draft. Cincinnati can make tr- trades. They, they usually like to make trades for some reason. Um, Atlanta can make maybe even make a trade. You know, all these teams here, Philadelphia has been rumored to potentially be trading to get uh, more picks because I think they only have like three picks this, this draft. So I think we can see three to four conservatively, maybe six to eight, you know, being aggressive. 
We shall see how it all turns out come Thursday night, and we will be talking about it on Friday night. Sir, it's always good to have you on the show. Looking forward to our second one later in the week. Sounds good, man. Have a great night. Thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling, and we will see you soon.